This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I promise none of, of us have uh, shown up with an I voted sticker on because, well, we're not on the AP voting committee. We're not on the college football playoff committee. Oh, the only committee we're on, this one little committee of three here. Welcome in to BetQLU alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I am Chris Mack. Ten weeks have somehow flown by in the college yeah. football season. We're down to the last three weeks of the regular season, and we got our conference championship games between now and then. We'll learn a whole lot more about where we're at because we've got some teams that may be in the right spot, some teams that are still trying to get to what they think is the right spot, some teams sitting pretty. We'll get into the college football playoff rankings, latest ones released this past Tuesday, and we'll find out what we learned in Week 10 in just a moment, our best bets later, and we'll go over some of the biggest games on this weekend slate. We are with you every Friday night and Saturday morning on the BetQL network, live coast to coast, and of course, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app as well, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it, take us with you. Get us in podcast form after the show is over as well. And of course, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube as well. Happy weekend, my friends. Kayla Canaram, RJ Choppy. RJ, uh, I guess we'll start with you, my friend. I feel like we're we're mourning together the loss of Tennessee's perfect (laughs) season. So how you doing, you handling things okay? Uh, you know, I went to work all five days this week. Well, that was something that's a different. Start a distraction. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, it was a good distraction. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was a bummer, man. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you. It was a uh, it was a massive bummer of a, of a of a game. It was a dud. It was really a dud. Like I was I was distraught, disappointed. But then again, it was it was like I I didn't expect this this wild run. So it's like. What am I going to do? Get all upset? No, I didn't get upset. It was it was disappointing, but what are you going to do? I think you should do what a lot of Tennessee fans did. I, I saw in the aftermath of this one, RJ, and like the great philosophers, Millie and Vanilli once said, just blame it on the rain. Blame it on the weather. Chalk it up sure. to that and say, Psh, that's what happened. It was the rain. Yeah. It was the weather. Yeah. Uh, so what, what else did we learn? What did you learn in week 10, RJ? Well, I learned that uh, it's Georgia and everybody else, I think. I think that's how I'm going to take it. Ohio State struggled with a not very good team in Michigan and Northwestern. The Michigan was down at halftime to Rutgers, uh, and, and Clemson stinks, and we knew that. Uh, and TCU struggled with a five-loss team. Uh, and it, I, I think we just learned, at least for me, man, Georgia is so far – when they're on their game – now, maybe the home crowd played into it, I don't know. Uh, but when they are on their game, man, that's that's a different team. If if Stetson yeah. Bennett can hit downfield throws like that, dude, like how are you going to beat them? You just can't. Like they're and, the best tackling team in the country. And and until you watch them, you forget just how athletic he is as well. Kayla, 
Week 10, what did you learn this week? Well, guys, first of all, glad we all got the hoodie memo today. Love that we're all yes. coordinating. Yeah. Um, I learned that apparently I know nothing about college football. For the sake of my pride, I refrained from going back to see how bad my picks actually did. But if I were to guess, I don't think I got one right from our show last weekend, except my best bet. Thanks, Mizzou, for once. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, we saw ranked teams take the L. Uh, totals didn't hit. It was a mess for me. It was a mess mess for Nick Saban. It was a mess for Mike Gundy, Dabo, you name it. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway for me, and I know we're going to get to this later on in the show, was Clemson, which I'm aware everyone else saw coming. Uh, I have been high on them all season. I stuck up for them when everyone said they were a fraud, especially after the Syracuse game. And here we are. However, looking at their schedule, they should should win the remaining three going 11 and one, which could still make things interesting come playoff time, um, especially depending on what happens in the ACC. But they were one of the more shocking games for me last weekend. For whatever reason, um, the Tigers just struggle against the Fighting Irish. And kudos to Notre Dame entering the ranking, now having taken down two ranked teams in back-to-back weeks. Congrats, I guess. But, uh, yeah, the Clemson the Clemson game shock team, obviously the Tennessee game. Um, but, yeah, it was just a weird week in college football. Fraudson, as producer Zach calls them all the time. Uh, Fraudson, uh, perhaps not all they're cracked up to be. They lose that game to the Irish uh, on the road at South Bend uh, against what is now a ranked team and drop six spots, biggest droppers in the CFP rankings, which we'll get to in just a moment. I learned this week, you mentioned nobody hit their totals, Kayla. I'll tell you one game that did. SMU oh. Houston hit their total about oh, three yeah. times over, it felt like. And this series will be the most painful casualty of Big 12 expansion. I know everybody's worried about this. You're not. Trust me, you're not. <laughs> I am. As a kid who grew up watching Southwest Conference football when I lived down in Texas for a little bit, and RJ, you may remember the old Southwest Conference. I know you grew up in the Dirty Jurors, but you've, you've read the history books <laughs> down there in Tejas. You know how it goes. 140 points last week between SMU no. and the Houston Cougars. Woo. FBS record for regulation over – how about this? I looked this up. This series actually has been a barn burner for the most part. They've played it since 1975, 37 times. Over 2,200 points combined in those games, including SMU 72 to 42 in 2012. Back in 1989, the great Jack Pardee, Andre Ware, run and shoot team beat SMU 95 to 21. I believe it was at the Astrodome. And for the fourth time in the last eight years this past weekend, and the eighth time overall, this series went over a total of 70. SMU Houston, I will pour one out for you because I don't know when we'll get to see it again with the Cougars moving to the Big 12 as of next year. So that's what I learned. We'll miss SMU uh, and Houston, maybe just a little bit um, going forward. Any Anytime, and I think we learned also, Houston will fit in just fine in the Big 12 with all that offense. Maybe ah. SMU will get an invite as well. Anyway, uh, that's what we learned in Week 10. As for college football playoff ranking reaction, Georgia won. I don't think anybody's surprised. Uh, as, as RJ so aptly put it, it's kind of like Georgia and everybody else at this point. Ohio State, two after struggling in some nasty weather up in Evanston. Uh, Michigan, three. One of those two will take the other one out, you would presume. TCU, four, if they can run the table and stay undefeated. You would think they stay in, but Tennessee now on the outside looking in. Oregon at six, and we'll talk Pac-12 a little bit later. LSU, seven, the highest-ranked two-loss team. 
USC 8, Bama 9, Clemson, a.k.a. Fraudson, 10. So what did the committee get right, Kayla? Where did they screw up? I think the top four is correct. Um, I would also take Tennessee in that fourth spot. I don't hate that. I really don't like that a 7-2 and two LSU is over 8-1 and one USC or 8-1 and one Clemson for that matter. Um, and I know they just beat them head-to-head. I also don't like the LSU is over Bama, even though I guess you could argue LSU does have the the better wins, the strength of schedule mm-hmm. over Bama at this point. Um, maybe I should work for the committee since I have such a Bama bias here. But, <laughs> yeah, top four I think are good. Would also throw Tennessee in that fourth spot. RJ, you got any arguments with Kayla's top four if it included Tennessee at uh, four instead of TCU? I'd be okay with that. Um, you know, I, I saw I saw an interesting point last week that, you know, if TCU's resume wasn't better than Alabama's the week before, then it wasn't better than Tennessee's this week, uh, which is a fair point. Um, you could throw Michigan in there, too, because they don't have a very good, you know, non-conference schedule. Tennessee's beaten the most – uh, CFP top 25 teams. They're the only one with three wins, but I don't have a problem with the top four and you know, the top four, the, look, somebody's going to lose up there and maybe TC will lose this weekend or next weekend or the big 12, uh, you know, to a title game a little bit, uh, later on. I, I, I am with you though. This LSU, I call it LSU contraband like that. This is, this team does not belong in the final four. And if they yeah. find a way to sneak into the final four, and I mean, everybody, every pundit has said that if they went out, they'll get into the Final Four over Tennessee, which blows my mind because Tennessee won by 27 on the road. That makes absolutely no sense. But they're probably right because the committee, I, I, I can't figure them out anymore. Like, I just don't understand well, what they're doing. Like, like they, they were saying things that made absolutely no sense. Absolutely no I sense. Think, I, and I think what we've seen with this committee over the last few years is that recency bias plays a part and that – the bigger the games get in into November and uh, the more weight gets thrown onto those games that you, you mentioned the LSU loss earlier in the year to Tennessee, the big loss to Tennessee, RJ, that's that, that kind of fades back into this hazy gauzy part of the committee's memory banks. And what's going to count is if they beat Ole Miss this weekend and then go to the sec championship game and somehow upset Georgia, if that were to happen, Bang, they're in. Absolutely. Two-loss SEC champ LSU is in. They're plus 4,000 right now to win the national championship, plus 360 to win the SEC. If you're down in the bayou right now and you believe in them bayou Bengal, then by all means, go ahead, throw a couple (laughs) shekels on them. But I, I agree with you guys. LSU, it makes much more sense to me right now if I'm looking at, say, championship odds, uh, playoff odds. I'm looking at Oregon, to be quite honest, because as I said, Ohio State, Michigan, one of them is going to fall out, I would think. You pointed out, Kayla, there is a question. What if this is like a game for the ages between those two and somehow Ohio State sits, you know, the winner sits steady at two and the loser only drops to four? I don't I don't think the committee will let that happen. That's a a win and get in uh, game, I think, for Ohio State, Michigan, lose and you're out. So if Oregon runs the table, they're going to run the table with some pretty impressive wins on their resume, right? I mean, they're going to have Washington this week. They're going to have USC, you would think, or UCLA in a a Pac-12 championship game as well. So I think if Oregon wins out, that's your fourth team, presuming things hold steady and everybody else continues to run the table. I think you get Georgia, either Ohio State or Michigan. 
an undefeated TCU if re- if they remain that way, and then probably an undefeated or not undefeated, excuse me, a one loss Oregon team from the Pac-12 um, would end up being your final four. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys or not, but if if everything were to hold, I'd be okay with that. Georgia is the undefeated SEC champ. Ohio State or Michigan as an undefeated Big Ten champ, most likely. TCU, undefeated Big 12 champ, you would think. And then Oregon, one loss out of the Pac-12. Fraudson probably doesn't bounce back because the biggest thing they've got left on their schedule is the ACC championship game, probably against North Carolina. You know, I, I would think the committee would not want to put Oregon at four and have a repeat of 49-3. I, I I would I I'd lose my mind. I would I would absolutely lose my mind at that. That was a neutral site game. It was forty six points. I want to watch these games. These final four games mm-hmm. have been a disaster anyway. I I, I have I don't think I've watched the second half of a single final four game outside of maybe that OU Georgia one where there was the comeback. It right. just uh, they're, they're just they're, they're terrible football games. Um, you know, that, so you would have to move them to three. And, you know, they, they, they're not going to jump TCU. TCU's undefeated. Uh, you know, to me, it's like, you know, if, if I were the committee, I'd be looking at it. Which team would be favored over which team? That's the team that I should put in there. Uh, that If, if, if TCU so was favored you, over Oregon. Would you go Clemson over Oregon then, assuming they both win their conferences with one loss? No, I, I would not put Clemson in at all. I would neither. I, yeah. I don't think you – yeah, I, I don't I don't believe that you have to win a I don't care about the conference championship uh, games. I mean, I, I I'd rather get rid of the damn things than, than than keep them. It's just an extra game. Like TCU is going to wind up running the table in the Big Twelve, and they got to beat K State again. It's like they already yeah. proved they're better than them once. They don't need to beat them again. This, so this I, all st- I, I hate rematch. Yeah, I hate this rematch. I'm pro champ- I'm pro championship. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm with you. I I, put I love them. Put them good- in. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I think. This is this is all just turns out very conveniently, RJ, for for a, a died in the wool Vols fan to to speak speak shamefully <laughs> about conference championship well, games all of a sudden. Well, I see where you're going when, with this. When Michigan beats Ohio State, <laughs> if they beat Ohio State, you know, like I, I think Ohio State deserves to be in over TCU. They should be in over Clemson. They should be in over yes. Oregon. No, I, I, so there's you know, no way like, there's no way we could get Michigan and Ohio State both in because that's the part I hate the most. I don't I think, think. We can. I think you think? Can. I think if Michigan wins, if, if Michigan wins a close game, I don't think Ohio State drops below four. Man, um, this is going to be something. That to me, three, as weeks. a Tennessee fan, as a Tennessee fan, I need Ohio State to beat Michigan. Uh, we will jump Michigan fairly easily if Ohio State wins. Um, you know, and I would like TCU to lose. Uh, that that it, would that would be so. Yeah, you know, it, that would one, be a huge help to Tennessee. Huge help to Tennessee if the Big 12 just devolves into shambles, which most of the conference has already. You just need TCU yeah. to join the fracas and lose one of these ones coming up, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes. Um, also, the, I wanted to bring this up. The group of five darling this year is number 16, Tulane. Um, they're hosting 22 UCF. De facto sort of play into the uh, American Conference Championship game. UCF getting a point and a half at home against the green wave. Uh, it, the current projection from Brett McMurphy has Tulane going to the cotton bowl as the group of five representative against of all teams, LSU. Um, 
are we okay, are we still cool with this group of five caveat in, in the in the playoff as it's currently constructed, Kayla? I, I don't know if we're really getting anything out of it anymore. Like Tulane going to Dallas to get slaughtered by LSU doesn't sound like fun. No, I'm with you. I yeah. It's not fun to watch those games, so let's just avoid them. <laughs> Uh, Maryland sports fans, for you, sports betting is coming. We want to get you prepped to win big. BetQL hosting live shows at BetMGM National Harbor Sportsbook November 20th through the 22nd. You can come watch the USA's World Cup opener, followed by Monday Night Football with all of BetQL there with you. Coming up next, the return of Steve Sarkeesian, agent of chaos, alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We might be halfway to deciding the two participants in the SEC championship game by the end of the weekend. And one of those teams may not even be Georgia. We'll explain that in a couple of minutes as we got some game previews on the way. A question about the Pac-12, like a fundamental question about the Pac-12 that I don't think anyone's considered yet to this point. And it's time. Are we here? Yes. Before we get to our best bets later. Uh, and a question, another fundamental question about another conference that may be left on the outside looking in of the CFP. Before we get to all that, it's time for the return of Steve Sarkeesian, agent of chaos. It still applies. Texas can blow everything up, guys. Uh, Saturday night, 730 Eastern, 630 Central on ABC, number four TCU. Finally getting some respect from the committee, getting placed in the top four as an undefeated team. They travel to Austin, take on number 18 Longhorns. And the number four team in the country getting a full touchdown, seven points, total sitting at 65. If TCU could win out, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State at home, they're in the CFP. You have to believe that. But this is where Steve Sarkeesian, agent of chaos, comes into play once again. Even though Texas would probably give TCU the best resume builder in a Big 12 championship game, they lose this one. They're probably out of the running for that, depending on what happens with number 19 K-State visiting Baylor. Another huge game in the Big 12 this weekend. Horns are 4-1 and one straight up and against the spread at home this season. Lone straight up loss coming to Bama. So I guess the fundamental question here, and I'll, I'll start with you, RJ, being down there in Big 12 country in the Metroplex. Is TCU legit, and is Texas as good as they've looked outside of the Bama game? Um, TCU is legit. Not, they're not a legitimate title contender, though. They 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 they're yeah. not a, they're a legitimate Final Four contender, but they have no chance of winning the title. They 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 have, they're very um, they're very much an inconsistent first half team. They make these wild comebacks. Uh, it's it's kind of maddening to watch. Uh, they're a good team, and they absolutely deserve to be where they are. I, I, but they're they're not a threat to beat Ohio State or Georgia. I don't think that even uh, on their day that they could do that. Uh, in terms of Texas, man, I don't know. This team, <laughs> this 
This team is – you know how they say, they say teams take on the personality of their head coach? Uh-huh. Well, they have. They're absolutely <laughs> nuts. Okay? They're, 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 they're raving lunatics. You, you cannot count on Texas at all. They're, someday they'll come in and they look like the best team in the, in the country. And then the next time they come out, they look god-awful. Uh, they, they, they are Sark. They are yeah. the personality of Sark. That's what they are. And, and, and I, I could not pick this game. I could not remotely bet on this game. I'm not even sure my heart could tolerate to watch this game because <laughs> it might be mad. Wow. Well, Kayla, I mean, one thing at least I'm counting on is I think it's going to sit within that seven-point spread. I think this is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a crazy game. I think it's going to be classic Big 12, as RJ alluded to there. I think we'll get classic Longhorns, at least Sarkeesian Longhorns, and that they'll look... It, RJ, you mentioned from one week to another, from one drive to another, they can look like world beaters to, my God, what just happened there? So, Kayla, I I don't know what you think about this one. I think this is going to be, this this might be game of the week. At least that's what I think it has written all over it. Right there with you, Chris. This, by all accounts, should be a great one in Austin. At least that's what I'm banking on. Um, While the Longhorns did get the win last year on the road, TCU, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you right now. TCU has won Hmm. six of the last eight with Texas. They have won four of the last five in Austin. They have gone four and one against the spread in those games. They are six and two in their last eight meetings with the Longhorns overall. And they have gone seven, one and one against the spread overall this season. So with all that said, um, I'm going to go TCU plus seven in this one. I I still think Texas can win. I just think it's going to be definitely a close game. Um, I think the perfect record will still stay alive, even if they don't, uh, they, the, uh, even if they lose. Or, yeah, sorry, I, even if they win. Um, but as for the total, I like the over because after all, this is Big 12 football. Plus the over is hitting six of TCU's last eight games. They've also exceeded this total in six. So Texas has only hit this number twice this season, but good news, it was against Big 12 teams. Yeah, the last three meetings between these two, decided by 10 points or less, that's, where I, I, that's why I lean on TCU plus seven here. Even if they don't pull out the win, um, I, I think we get a classic. So I'm, I'm going to take TCU plus the touchdown. Uh, that just, I, I think we get a classic Big 12 barn burner, back and forth, fire wagon kind of game that ends on the last possession. And that could end up to the Longhorns' advantage. And certainly to everyone else who's trying to chase a spot in the CFP, if it's TCU uh, losing a squeaker to Texas, I don't think it matters. I think TCU, any loss is still going to drop them out of the top four. Teams that might be keeping an eye on that, especially the one visiting Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, the classic CBS-SEC matchup. Number nine, Alabama Crimson Tide laying 11.5 on a total of 64, visiting Oxford and number 11, Ole Miss. You couple a Bama victory with an LSU win at Arkansas, LSU would clinch the SEC West. So there you go. We could have one of the SEC championship game participants decided Ole Miss third in the country running the ball over 267 yards a game on the ground Bama though third fewest rushing yards being allowed in the SEC however they have given up a lot of if you want to call them medium to long runs uh 37 percent of the rushing attempts have gone for five or more yards against them something to keep in mind Bama though nine and zero in the regular season under Saban coming off of defeats winning by an average margin of 25 points. So with that said, I know I said last week, 
or maybe it was the week before that Bama would handle business. Um, I think Bama handles business. I, I think there's nothing worse than a Saban scorned and Saban still has it out for Lane Kiffin. As long as Lane Kiffin is on this earth and he won't just try to beat him. He'll try to embarrass him. And so give me Bama to cover the 11 and a half Kayla. Ooh. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Okay. I'm excited for this Saban Kiffin showdown. Get your popcorn Always. ready. Yep. Uh, after dropping two of their last three, the Crimson Tide are one and three against the spread in their last four and two and six against the spread in their last six road games, having lost three of those dating back to last season. I would hope Nick Saban, like you said, has put the fear of God in this team. Um, I just hope they're not going to throw in the towel already since they probably, you know, I mean, it's going to be a long shot for them to make the playoff at this point. I hope they're still playing like they've got something to play for. However, with that said, in three of Bama's last five road games that resulted in a win, those games were decided by two points or less. Um, we can all admit the tide have been wobbly, especially on the road. Like you said, I feel like this is either going to be a game where Bama goes off or the Rebels make it competitive. Um, and for the sake of having some fun, I'm feeling a competitive one in Oxford, fingers crossed, especially factoring in the running back duo that I've loved to reference on this show and Judkins and Evans. So give me Ole Miss at plus 11 and a half. The wild, wild SEC West would be even more wild because things would be wide open again, maybe with a way for Ole Miss to somehow uh, not just get into the SEC championship game, but maybe squeak into the playoff? Question mark, question mark. RJ, is it that wild or does Bama remind everyone of why they're Bama? I, I, I'm with Kayla here. I think this is a close game. Uh, I'd take Ole Miss plus 11 and a half. I'd be tempted to take Ole Miss on the money line. Bama ain't good, man. They're just not very good. Uh, I mean, they're good, but they're not like Bama. Bama good. Yeah. And right. I, I think the I think the interesting thing that we're going to find out here is when was the last time we saw Alabama play a meaningless regular season game? And I'm not saying this is meaningless, but in Alabama terms, this is pretty meaningless. Like, they don't really – I mean, they've got a little bit to play for. I mean, their chances of making the, the, the playoff are – are very very slim. Um, you know, they're probably in the teens in terms of the that playoff predictor. Uh, I, I'm going to be really really interested to see their give a blank level because I don't know that they give a blank right now. Like they're out of it. We saw this team play <laughs> against Utah. Uh, we saw this team play. We've seen SEC teams go to bowl games when they when they had a chance to make the final four of the title game and get absolutely demolished by far inferior opponents because they don't care. And I think Alabama might fall into that trap. Man, that would be something. If LSU were to win at Arkansas, but a Bama loss opens the door to Ole Miss still somehow winning the SEC West. Man, the wild, wild SEC West. Like I said, Bama, for what it's worth, 6-0 and straight up in their last six against the Rebels. Saturday, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. That means 4 Pacific, uh, which is where they'll be playing it. Number 6, Oregon Ducks hosting number 25, Washington. Huskies entering the CFP rankings this past weekend. They're getting 13 and a half at Oregon. Total, a big one, sitting at 72 and a half, and that's because there will be offense involved. A question, is the Pac-12 good? I think I think it may be. They got five teams ranked more than any conference but the SEC. I mentioned the offense. Ducks first in the country in points per drive, and that's after they got a mud hole stomped in them by the Bulldogs in the opener. They haven't scored fewer than 42 points since that game. Bo Nix, sixth in the country in total QBR. 
might be headed to New York for the Heisman ceremony. And then you got Michael Penix Jr., the transfer from Indiana, leading the nation with over 3,200 passing yards to this point. Huh. There's going to be points on the board. I know that much. I think I'll take the over, even at 72 and a half. Washington 7 and 2 to the over this year. Those two unders, though, came in the last two weeks. RJ, I think Oregon is one of my dark horses to sneak into the CFP, probably via running the table, including the Pac 12 championship game. But they're going to have to continue to light up the scoreboard against Washington this week. Yeah, they, they, they've got to get some style points in because that 46 point game is looming in the committee's mind. Although the committee uh, had said this week that they don't really look at that final margin of victory. Uh, point differential uh they look at was the game competitive uh so and, and they and they said that you know look the Oregon game against Georgia and the Tennessee game against Georgia were on equal footing of competitiveness so like they don't they don't really look at margin of victory or or or, or point differential so I don't know how much Oregon has to run the score up I think it matters how much the committee values the Pac-10 and they've got what three teams the top 11 or 12 it seems that they value it pretty much. I think the Pac-10 one-loss champ um, has got a good chance. Although, I, again, I go back to with Oregon, they they have to be number three. They cannot play Georgia. Like I, I don't want to see that again. I, right. I just don't. Um, okay. But I, I don't think they need style points. I think they just need to win out. Oregon 8-0 straight up in their last eight games. That's an eight-game winning streak. We talked about the offense they put up in those games. Kayla, 5-0 against the spread in their last five as well. And the total has gone over in each of their last five home games for the Ducks. Uh, are you with me on the total? And are you with RJ on Oregon kind of cementing their spot as the team to beat in the Pac-12 now with three weeks to go until the championship game? I'm actually leaning the under in this one. Uh, yes, oh. both teams are averaging 38, 43 points a game. I just think the Ducks defense is going to step up and keep this score low. Um, as for the spread, this one is actually one of the easier ones for me this week. I'm going Oregon to cover at minus 13 and a half. It's just aside from that Georgia game, they have been a legit team top to bottom. I just hope they're not looking ahead to Utah next week and kind of think they can cruise by Washington this weekend. Uh, yes, Washington is on a three-game win streak, but when you factor going to Eugene, I like the Ducks even more. And then as far as numbers go, Oregon is 5-0 and against the spread in the last five, while the Huskies are 0-5. Um, so I like Oregon and this one to cover. Please and thank you. Big old blowout. Uh, <laughs> big old blowout for the Ducks at home against the Huskies. Remember that, those of you up there in the Pacific Northwest, that's Kayla Canaram. She'll accept your uh, complaints <laughs> on social media Saturday night one more I want to touch on real quick number one Georgia at Mississippi State you got Kirby Smart taking that not no name big name defense uh in against Mike Leach's air raid which has the SEC's number two passing game it's top quarterback Will Rogers of course Georgia countering with the league's top defense under 270 yards per game they're giving up Jalen Carter coming off a huge game against Tennessee and, oh, the total has gone under in nine of Georgia's last 11 games. They're favored by 17 with a really low total uh, for an air raid game, 53 and a half. RJ, real quick, where you at on Mississippi State, and can they keep it close against the Bulldogs? You know, I got a guy that's a, a handicapper who told me that this is they're going to show the blueprint to beat Georgia. And I was like, oh, like that surprised me when I heard them say that. Uh, and I'm going to – Never take his advice again. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the route that I'm going to go with. Uh, can they beat Georgia? I, I mean, they, can they keep this thing close? I, I would doubt it. Although, 
Although I do believe they have the quarterback advantage. Mm -hmm. I think Will Rogers is better than mm -hmm. Stetson Bennett. Um, then again, so is Hendon Hooker, and it didn't matter. Um, right. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Georgia and the under in this one. Feels like every time we question SB4, I'm going to coin that. I'm going to copyright that now, so he'll have to pay me for it later. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, Kayla. Every time we question him, he shows out. I don't know. What do you think about uh, Georgia, Mississippi State? I'm literally doing the same thing as RJ. I'm going Georgia to cover, taking the under. Um, I don't just. I don't love how Mississippi State struggled. They've had some good wins, but they've had some bad losses. Um, so, yeah, I like Georgia in this one to cover. I've as learned well don't under. question sure SB. Sense, yeah. It does. Don't question SB4 okay. anymore. Coming up, one conference may have blown up and gone boom last weekend. Plus, we get you some big numbers and our best bets next alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Every Friday night, we are with you, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific. Every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Getting you ready for a full slate of college action here on BetQLU. We are live coast-to-coast -coast on the BetQL Network, of course, you can take us with you wherever you're going right now on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Use that to download the show as a podcast after the fact, too, in case you miss it. And, of course, we're on Twitch, twitch.tv. You can watch us there, slash BetQL. And, of course, YouTube, BetQL Network there as well. You can watch the show alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I am Chris Mack. Before we get into some really big numbers, the biggest spreads and totals of the week, and our best bets to wrap the show up, ACC fell down, go boom. Um, quick reaction, guys, to Clemson's loss to Notre Dame. Kayla, you talked about it a bit at the top of the show. Our producer, Zach, uh, gets his wish as Fraudson can now become a thing. Maybe he'll make T-shirts and we'll all get rich off of it. But I don't know if a one-loss champ, whether it's I – I certainly don't think it's North Carolina, but if it's Clemson, I, I don't know if they end up in the CFP. I think you'd have to have find some convoluted routes to get there, including everybody in the SEC ending up with two losses or more or an undefeated Big Ten East team, Ohio State, Michigan, somehow losing to Illinois in the Big Ten championship game or the Pac-12 falling to bits and everybody ending up with two losses, TCU falling apart and losing once, maybe even twice, including the Big 12 championship game. I, I just don't see Clemson getting back there, especially after some of the things we talked about earlier, RJ, involving both the committees, what seems to be respect for the Pac-12, but also the fact that we know they don't have a problem putting two teams from the SEC in. Well, no, they don't. They don't have a problem with that at all, and, and I just don't see how Clemson has a road. I mean, they're, they're not going to have the schedule ahead of them, really, that's going to be able to leapfrog. I mean, they got to leapfrog so many teams. You have to convince them that they're better then LSU, then Oregon, or USC, or Alabama, or Tennessee, or TCU, with or without that conference championship, you're going to have to convince everybody in that room that they're better right. than them. And, you know, the committee is telling you today that they're not better than, what, two-loss Alabama? 
right? Two Alabama's ahead. Yeah. I'm telling you right now they're not. They're telling you now they're not as good as Oregon or USC or or Tennessee or TCU. Uh, with or without the losses, they are not. That's so I, I don't see how there's a road for them. I mean, you need chaos. I mean, chaos needs chaos for them to get that high. <laughs> chaos needs to meet chaos at last call, and they need to make yeah. little more, many more little chaoses <laughs> yeah. by accident in order for Clemson to get back in, Caleb. Uh, like, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll be honest. I think Texas might have a better chance of getting in than Clemson does. Oh, wow. They would have you a really game with like TCU. Clemson. No, they would have a game with TCU if they win that one. And there's right. a, there's still a road for them to get to the Big 12 title game, I believe. They they have I yeah. oh, they yeah, would yeah. have a better chance. They would have a better chance at three three lost Texas getting in ahead of one loss Clemson would be something. That would be, be that would be a story. Kayla, um, do we is there enough chaos out there in the atmosphere for Clemson to somehow crawl back into this thing? I'm sure it exists somewhere, um, but to RJ's point about they've got Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina left, so I don't think that's going to wow the committee enough. I mean, I'm sure they'll win out, but the, the those wins aren't going to make a huge difference when you know some right. of these higher teams have a lot harder games remaining. So I I've always loved Clemson. I'm a Dabo fan. I would love to see them work their way in. I just don't think it's possible at this point. But again, it depends on you know, how the ACC shakes out and whether or not they put those champions in or give them, you know, a little more juice going into these last three weeks. Yeah, the the respect for the Pac-12, I think, is probably at least going into this weekend. Like, if we did what we learned throughout the week leading into the games, that would probably be what I've learned with five teams ranked. I don't see how, and given how the ACC has just cannibalized itself, um, I, I don't see how there's any way an AC a one-loss ACC champ gets in ahead of a one-loss Pac-12 champ or any of those other scenarios we painted. Uh, we always like to give you some of the biggest numbers from the week. Uh, the big spreads out there, Ohio State laying 40-and-a-half against Indiana, who made things interesting for about a quarter-and-a-half, two quarters against Penn State last week. We know the Big Ten weather played chaos for a lot of people around the country. USC laying 34-and-a-half against Colorado. That's a big number out there. Michigan 29-and-a-half to Nebraska. Um, After watching Ohio State struggle with Northwestern last weekend, I'm going to rely on it was the weather. Like I said, the great philosophers Millie Vanilli in the late 80s, early 90s told us to blame it on the rain. So I will. I think Ohio State, Indiana, 40 and a half. It sounds backwards. It's This is why I'm a sucker. It is tempting to me. It may just be a really big Ooh. donation I make to BetMGM, but 40 and a half for Ohio State against Indiana. Anybody else like some of those big totals out there, Kayla, RJ? That Northwestern one screwed me last week, and so I'm staying away from that. <laughs> Good call. I, uh, I'd be tempted to take Indiana. That's a lot of points, man. It's, and That's Ohio State. Lot. Ohio State slept walked at times this year. Like they're just waiting for that Michigan yeah. game. They're waiting. That's a good call. They know. They know they can. They, you know they can channel Herb Brooks, gentlemen. You can't get by on talent alone. <laughs> well, they can. They can against Indiana, and you know they might not be able to against Michigan. You gotta have a, have a game plan. I don't. I'm not even sure if Ryan Day is going to practice at this point. I think he's just sitting <laughs> in the film room coming up with plays just for, for hard manicuring his beard. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, call. yeah, we'll get, all right, Northwestern, cool, Indiana, you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's let the grad assistant handle things here. We'll be fine. 
You may have talked me back off the ledge. Thank you. Uh, smallest totals of the week, uh, a.k.a. get up, get up, get, get, get down. Uh, Big Ten West is a joke in your town. Ooh. Public enemy reference there for everybody old enough to remember the 90s. Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, 35 and a half. Mm. Uh, I had to choke that one down. Northwestern Minnesota, 40 and a half. Big Ten East doing their best to be ugly. Rutgers, Michigan State, 40 and a half. Um, Iowa... Iowa has been in on all these low totals this year, but 35 and a half largest totals of the week, uh, Arizona, UCLA, 77 and a half SMU, South Florida, 74 and a half. Uh, everybody in on SMU overs now, probably after last week, Washington, Oregon, 69 and a half as well. So all that said, we got the big numbers out of the way time now for our best bets of the weekend. RJ, I'll let you have the floor first. All right, so I got uh, I got a couple selections here. I'm trying to figure out which one to go with first, but uh, I was 5-0 by it last week in college, by the way. Uh, West Virginia plus no, the 7.5. Yes, West Virginia. I had Great to. I was like 2-5. And five, like, I know, right? It was terrible uh, the rest <laughs> of the year. Uh, West Virginia plus 7.5 against Oklahoma. I think you could also get it at 8. Uh, I've seen that there. Uh, and then I also like San Diego State plus the 2.5 against San Jose State. Uh, so both those call teams there. fall under my best bets. All right, Kayla, what do you got for us in the realm of best bets? Okay, first of all, don't hate me. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty late when I was working on this, so I may have gotten a little lazy, but I can't quit my Mizzou Tigers. Uh, and it's actually a really good bet, so just hear me out. Um, sure. You want to take Mizzou at plus 21 against RJ's Tennessee Vols. Aside from that okay. weird game with K-State, uh, the second week of the season, those four remaining losses were by no more than one score. We lost to Auburn by three points, Georgia by four, Florida by a touchdown, and Kentucky by four points. I have been trying to let the people know we have a stout defense. Um, our offense sucks, but we can shut you down on the defensive side of the ball. So last week showed us that maybe that Tennessee's O-line isn't as great as we thought they were. Hendon Hooker was sacked six times, and Mizzou has put up 10 sacks in three games and only gave up 252 yards last week to Kentucky. So easy for me, Tigers plus 21. Look at you loyal to the end down to the very <laughs> bitter end. She is loyal to a fault to Mizzou and those tigers. I, I, they, I give they, you credit. That's not, that's not lazy. That's loyalty. That's what that is. My friend. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure the alumni association appreciates the donation. As well. <laughs> um, so my best bet. <laughs> My best bet of the weekend. I, I don't know why this week. Maybe it's because it feels like things are shaking out at the upper levels. I'm infatuated with the uh, American Conference this week. I talked about Tulane uh, UCF earlier at the start of the show. I've had an eye on it all week. Again, I don't know what my infatuation is with the American Conference. I mentioned SMU Houston earlier, but I'm here for it especially games that involve those teams that are leaving for the Big 12 next year, including Central Florida. Number 22, Central Florida, visiting number 16, Tulane, in Nolens. Uh, they are getting one and a half, uh, one, just one in some spots, but look for the one and a half if you want the points, or just take it on the money line. It's, it's even money on the money line right now. Number 22, UCF, and the Golden Knights going in to number 16, Tulane, and the Green Wave. Credit to Tulane for bouncing back the way they have this year. Horrible year last year, displaced for a few weeks because of Ida. Their defense has had a huge bounce back this year, but they haven't faced an offense like Gus Malzahn's 
UCF Golden Knights. Uh, whether it's John Reese Plumley back from injury or Mikey Keene at quarterback again, they got a slew of playmakers available to him, whoever's under center, whether it's R.J. Harvey, who's first in the AAC, averaging about seven and a half yards a carry. I think that's pretty good. Or uh, just a really super deep receiving group. Kobe Hudson, uh, Ryan O'Keefe, Javon Baker, Jimmy Horn Jr. has shown out as well. Four, All four of those guys in the top 17, I think it is, close to the top 15 in the AAC in receiving. So there will be points in this game. I don't know if I'll play with the total, but I will take UCF on the money line to end the two-lane dream and perhaps get UCF inserted as that AAC representative in the college football playoff when it comes time to fill out those New Year's Six Bowl assignments in about a month or so. So my best bet, UCF, money line at Tulane. Once again, we got to remind you, uh, those of you in Maryland, you've been perhaps uh, doing things the, the, the less than legal way, I know. But finally, sports betting coming to Maryland and BetQL wants to get you prepped to win big. BetQL Network hosting live shows at BetMGM National Harbor Sportsbook November 20th through the 22nd. You can watch the USA's World Cup opener, followed by Monday Night Football. Everybody from BetQL going to be there on site. Uh, so be prepared for that as well. My friends, I imagine we will have more chaos. Steve Sarkeesian at work, uh, as well as hopefully Mr. and Mrs. Chaos. No relation, because that would be weird. Meeting at last call and creating a bunch of other little chaoses across the board again after week 11 can't wait to catch up with you then for rj choppy for kayla canaram i am chris mack keep it locked here all weekend for all the action right here on the betql network this has been betqlu this is betqlu with rj chris and kayla here on the betql network presented by bet mgm Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.